0: this is Patrick Attaway and this is Demise of the Podcast. I am a writer from Georgia and you probably know me from Twitter. On Twitter I have the handle at Patrick Attaway with an extra little y at the end and I've been going at it for almost a year. I started writing when I was in the second grade i didn't start taking it seriously until maybe the fourth grade but all that's kind of irrelevant and this is sort of a means to talk about writing and also promote my book demise of the trinity now i started podcasting late 2007 no 2018 sorry And I had about 20 episodes of a music podcast that I did because I've had a music blog for the past 10 years, and I kind of grew bored of that. A lot of people start podcasts these days, and I'm not saying that this is going to be here forever. I'm not saying that I'm going to upload on a regular basis. I'm not giving any promises. However, when I get excited about something, I get excited and I do it. And there's not a whole lot for me to be excited about creatively lately. So, I have a podcast now. I started recording music when I was 15, and I've recorded almost 50 albums under a pseudonym. And I started writing my first novel, Demise of the Trinity, in 2010, when I was still in high school. Now, in order to give you some sort of background on this book and why you should go buy it, because even if you don't have the money for it, I'll give you a free copy of it anyway. Uh, This all comes from my experience growing up in the South and being surrounded by Christianity. And I would be sort of remiss to say that I am a Christian, but I'm certainly not an atheist or an agnostic either. The book itself is more of my struggle with... God, I guess, because when I first started writing it, God was sort of the enemy of everything, and as I got older and sort of struggled with uh, my notion of what God is, I said, okay, God isn't the issue. People are the issue. None of the characters in my book are really good people. Even the hero of it all, Birch, is more of an anti-hero. The novel explores what would happen if you give man the ultimate power which is being able to literally do anything you want without dying in this case the trinity are three people it could be man or woman any race or gender in my case i chose three white men because that's what i know I'm a white man, so I'm not really qualified to write many other protagonists, at least, very well. I do have some female protagonists in the book, but for the most part, it's men because that's what what voice I have to represent. The Trinity are unable to die unless one of them meets another one and tries to kill the other one. Sometimes that doesn't work out because two can get together and not be able to kill each other. Therefore, they have to find the figurehead of the Trinity who is able to kill both of them, therefore restarting the cycle. So each time a member of the Trinity dies, a person anywhere over the world who was born in the exact moment that they die is elected by God to become part of the Trinity. I have considered writing about past members of the Trinity more in depth, However, I just have no interest in doing so. My main issue as a writer is that I just can't write anything. I have to be inspired and want to do it because I've tried to go back and do it before. And it's just never really worked out for me. Now, in this novel, at the beginning, there are three members of the Trinity. There's Arthur Lindsay, who is the oldest of the group. There is Ken Price... And then there is Birch, the youngest person in the group. Now, Birch, you may know from my short story, Mount Venom. Mount Venom takes place after this novel. I released Mount Venom last summer, I believe in last July, maybe June. A lot of people liked it. Anyway, Birch is a compelling character because he is the one part of the Trinity who does not want his power. He doesn't want to be invincible. He wants to die. He's actually sort of representative of my own depression. And he came out of a time when I was suicidal. I started writing the book in 2010. I didn't even come up with Birch until 2014. That just goes to show you how strange and complex this whole drafting process is for a novel. Especially for me because I didn't use an outline or anything. Before you go out and try and read this book, I must warn you, it is very violent, it is very vulgar, and it is very absurd. It is satirical, it is meant to be humorous in parts, and it has a lot of dark comedy in it. I put this in the product description on Amazon because I did not want to trigger anybody. The first full chapter of the book has a very graphic scene involving two men torturing a woman. I want to put it out there that these two men are not good guys. They are both bad guys. You're not supposed to like them. And there is a lot of men, uh, I should say, male on female violence. Um, however, there's also a lot of male on male violence, and there's also female on male violence. There's, I think there's probably, there's definitely female on female violence. There's a, a female character who murders her mother. All this to say, my greatest fear in putting this book out was being accused of being sexist or misogynist. And I really can't sway anyone to believe that I'm not. I can tell you a little bit more about myself, which I intend to do in this podcast. I was raised by a single mother. My parents divorced when I was three. She didn't have any other children. She kept the same job. She still has the same job she had when my parents met. She had more than one house Uh, she was able to provide a lot for me she taught me to respect women I have a great admiration for her as a human being she is one of my favorite aspects of life and there were times when I felt like I wanted to die and I remembered her so I love my mother and I have a very good relationship with my mother that's not to say I was the perfect son I definitely wasn't I just I don't have any sort of animosity against women because of my mother. I don't have animosity against women because of any girlfriend I had in the past. I don't have animosity against women, men, or any group of people. That's not going to stop you from reading that book and be, being offended. It's not going to stop you from thinking that I'm uh, prejudiced in any way. I'm just giving you that background because... I don't believe that I am a hateful person. Now, you also have to take into consideration what I was going for when I was writing those scenes and who inspired me. Uh, A lot of it is actual uh, more hatred towards men than women because a lot of the men in my life, they were always trying to be father figures. Uh, Some of them were abusive. Others were sort of mentally abusive towards my mother now keep in mind my mother never remarried she dated around a little bit but I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with men in her life in that way I had uncles I had my father and that's really all I can say regarding the men in my life without giving specific instances or calling people out because a lot of these people are still alive and I maintain that I don't want to write anything negative about the people that are close to me in life until they're dead, and by then I probably won't want to anyway. Therefore, you're just going to have to take my word on it um, because I very much despise a lot of the male characters in this novel. Uh, Charles Price is not someone that I wrote to be a hero. I came up with him... uh, kind of in a weird way and Charles Price is an important part of the novel even though he's not actually in it very much he is in the first two chapters he's in the beginning chapter the sort of introductory chapter with Birch which happens after everything in the novel takes place it is also the last chapter I wrote for the novel and I wrote it only a few months before the release because I had beta readers who told me that I needed something to to start everything originally my first chapter was literally al's chapter and al's chapter is the one that begins with a very violent act of course if you read the synopsis of the novel you know that lucifer is the antagonist therefore there are people who convert with lucifer and they're evil charles price is one of them In 1986, Charles Price sells his soul to Satan and therefore serves Satan for eternity. He and his brother Al work for Walter Groen. Walter Groen owns a company called Central Network. Central Network provides internet service. They also own a media corporation, sort of like CNN. It's a, it's very much based on Atlanta, the real-life Atlanta. And there are weird references like Fonda Communications. Fonda Communications is an obvious nod to AOL, which was owned by Ted Turner, and Ted Turner was married to Jane Fonda, whatever. Uh, Fonda Communications plays an important role in the novel because they are a competitor to Central Network. Al and Charles Price work for Walter Grown and the better interest of Central Network. However, they don't do things legally and they allude to the fact that they actually hurt people in order to help Walter and Central Network as a corporation. Because of Charles and his selfishness, he directly leads to the end of civilization as we know it. And the first chapter with birch alludes to that fact and also pretty much tells you everyone in birch's life dies that's not a spoiler it's literally in the first chapter so i want to read some of that i didn't want it this to be a podcast where i basically do an audiobook but i do want to read some of the text and go over my thought process, the writing process. And I will also take you back to 2010 when I started this whole thing, but that'll be a little later on. First chapter is titled Birch. The power is never coming back. We grew so reliant on the internet that a car made in the last 15 years can't function without Wi-Fi. That's the way Lucifer wanted, and he finally won. He broke up the Trinity, and mankind's going to slowly die without us. That's partially my fault, though. I could have stopped Freudland or Allen, but Charles Price pulled that lever, so he shouldn't get to live in our new world. We lost Charles before I came back to Earth, and I thought about letting him go. He sold his soul, and without Lucifer, his contract's void. God won't let him into heaven, so he's doomed to eternal torture in hell. Maybe Murray will take pity on his soul. I don't have much power left in me, but I still have good instinct about tracking a man down. Charles wouldn't go south to Florida because of the heat. Without air conditioning, much of the south will be uninhabitable before long. He won't return to Bremen. The closest, safest place would be in the mountains, and I need to get back to Philly, so I'm going north anyway. Those two opening paragraphs lay the framework for everything. I was very conscious in doing that. And I spent a lot of time on every single chapter except for that one. (laughs) I basically wrote that uh, in a few days and I didn't rewrite it the same way that I rewrote every single chapter in the novel. Uh, And the process of writing from 2010 through 2019 was me working on this and then going to my other project, which was a novel about Ken Price. And that is my second novel, and it will come out either later this year or early next year. It is called Price of the Trinity. I'll talk more about that later. But right now, I will tell you that Charles, indeed, will eventually die and suffer for eternity in hell. So you can take comfort in that once you read the first chapter where he and his brother harm an innocent lady Charles is directly based on Patrick Bateman from American Psycho Uh, now I I can't honestly tell you that I took extensive influence but that's who I imagined when I originally came up with the character and and in an odd way uh, he originates from my other novel Price the Trinity Outprice Price did originate from Demise, but Charles came out of a need for some sort of conflict in Ken Price's life. So after I wrote the third draft of Price the Trinity, I came back and wrote Charles and Ken both into this novel. And there are so many different characters who have come and gone as I edited and rewrote And the Price family pretty much took over as this weird dynasty in the Demise universe. And they're very important to Lucifer because Lucifer actually arranges for Kin to be born the moment another person in the Trinity dies. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, if you haven't read the novel... Then, once you get to Arthur's chapter, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, because, uh, well, spoiler alert, you can skip ahead a few seconds. Arthur kills both people in the Trinity that came before him, because he is the first figurehead in the Trinity, and when he kills a man named Lester Donaldson, he is... Actually, contributing to Lucifer's plan for the end of society. And he also kills a drug lord in California, and that is when Birch is born. Birch, by the way, his real name is K. Abercrombie. He never goes by K. Abercrombie. He is renamed by a woman named Monsoon, who also takes on a different name than her birth name because. This is all about stripping away their original identities and assuming a new one. But Charles is probably the most complex character that I have come up with in this universe because I've given him such a long backstory. I wrote a novella that was supposed to be my third novel that just didn't pan out that is entitled Charles Price. I'll probably change the title if I ever publish it, but it's over 110 pages and it details how Charles meets his future wife, the mother of kin and sells his soul to Lucifer in order to save her. And he is not originally a cold blooded killer. He is actually a lot more level headed and he's, pretty intelligent, unlike Ken. Charles also became an important part of the second part of this novel because he has this deal with Lucifer and he's sort of like the plan B of plan B. The whole deal with Lucifer in this novel is that he knows that all of his plans against God are going to fail because they always do and they always will. Therefore, he comes up with several different plans and mashes them together expecting them all to fail but taking a lot of collateral damage with them as they fail and he does successfully end Mankind as we know it. Therefore, this is not a happy ending book. Uh, This is a very dismal sad book with a lot of dark humor if you go and you read mount venom you see what happens to the world i would love to read that entire short story eventually but it's it would it would take too much out of me the other day i got invited to be on another podcast and i read about 30 minutes of one of my chapters and i didn't even finish the chapter because some of the chapters in this book are pretty long Because they essentially work as both short stories from a different character's perspective and character studies. I wrote Veronica's original short story in the spring of 2010. My girlfriend and I were actually living together because she moved down to Georgia to go to college with me. And my mother allowed her to live with us because she was having a hard time at home and I challenged her to write a short story a week with me. And I was the only one who actually wrote a short story a week, and that eventually evolved into Demise of the Trinity. Veronica is the only character to survive those sessions, though, and her story drastically changed. And, of course, Murray wasn't her father originally. Murray was actually a much different character Uh, The original incarnation of Murray was that he was the spoiled son of Walter Groan, and he didn't understand his place in Lucifer's plan. He tries to murder himself and Lucifer steps in and lets him kill himself, but he reincarnates him into someone named Robert Price and he charges him with raising Lucifer's son, Alan Price. Alan Price also had a much different role in this novel, because the original plot was all about Alan repopulating the Earth with one of his best friends, or his only friend, her name was Hal. They were supposed to make a new world for society after some sort of apocalypse, and then Hal dies in childbirth and Alan goes to a planet called Eden and he is forced to copulate with Lilith in order to make a new human for Earth. It was stupid And as soon as I found out about this little book called Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, I scrapped that entire plot and I focused on Price of the Trinity for about a year and then came back to Demise of the Trinity and reformed a lot of these characters. And the first character that I drastically rewrote and reformed was Al Price. That is why Al Price is so early on in the novel. And... A lot of what I wrote in his original chapter, while it didn't make it in terms of the prose and dialogue, a lot of the ideas remain the same. He is an attorney, his daughter gets pregnant with the Antichrist child, and he dies as a result of his unwillingness to participate in Lucifer's plot against society. He was a, a lot more curmudgeon and old and just a lot more like Walter grown. and I wanted to differentiate him from Walter. And also Charles, because Charles is pure evil, while Al is questioning his evil. Al is obviously not a good person because he helps Charles murder people. They do it as a sport because eventually Charles grows a taste for it, and he gets his brother to help him. You see a lot of weird differences between the two of them if you go back and you read that novella about Charles Price, which isn't published. But uh, there's a 15-year-old difference between them. And in those 15 years, uh, by the time Charles is actually the age of 15, his mother dies. And Al is 30 and he's married and they have a child. Her name is Allison, and Allison plays a big role in this novel as well. Now, Allison is the one that Murray hooks up with, and he impregnates her with Veronica. Veronica is also a very important part of this novel. I took a long time to craft a weird family tree, and that all came from those early drafts, and that's about all I kept from those early drafts. As I said before, Birch didn't even enter the picture until 2014. Believe it or not, he was a much more minor role in the novel, and he was only in one chapter. Monsoon was the one who was supposed to be a hero, and eventually I rewrote things to where Birch took a much bigger role in the novel because of his relationship with Veronica. Of course, once he meets Veronica and then Ken Price enters the picture, things devolve very quickly for Birch and he seeks revenge and that enters him in this weird war against Lucifer and he unknowingly helps perpetuate it. The whole thing with Birch is that he is just as culpable for his actions and his acceptance of his power as Arthur or Ken Ken is evil because he actually does not accept Lucifer. He doesn't accept God either. He's doing things all for himself. And he thinks that he is acting in revenge against his father. Therefore, he's just a dumb piece of shit. Ken, like Charles Price, originates from the other book, Price of the Trinity, and He was more of a Holden Coalfield character, Uh, also somewhat inspired by Keanu Reeves, if I can take you to that little weird place. A lot of my characters are inspired by real people or characters from other things. For instance, Murray is heavily inspired by Mike from Breaking Bad. I absolutely love Mike Ehrmantraut. And the whole thing about Murray, much like Mike, is that he is not a bad person, but he does bad things. Sort of like a Hannibal Lecter deal. Of course, his father, Walter Grohn, is presented as a genuine Antichrist. And you soon find out, no, that's not the case. In order to entice you to go check my book out, I'm going to read more of this opening chapter, and I hope you enjoy it. I left off after the second paragraph, so if you don't remember that, all you need to know is that Birch is looking for Charles Price. My house has a sturdy fence around the property, so I hope no one ransacks the place before I get back. Even if I push this Toyota truck I found up to a 100 miles per hour, I won't see Philly until tomorrow. I'll blame Charles for that too when I find him. After all, I can blame his son for murdering the first woman I loved. And some men can only be as good as their fathers. Near the Tennessee line, the truck's tank is low. I didn't realize it had shitty gas mileage. If I don't find a way to fuel up, I'll have to either steal a car or horse. I stop at the Shell station and look out Mountain but there's no attendant inside since the power's out. I'll have to figure a way to get gas out of a pump without someone to activate it. Then I see a familiar Ford Mustang parked on the side of the building. Popping out of a side door is a gray-haired man with his arms full of stolen supplies. Taking my switchblade out, I run with my body low to the ground and dig the edge into one of the rear tires just as he starts the engine. When he tries to dry off, the car swerves to the left into the brick building, and Charles Price gets out to survey the damage. I've lost a lot because of you, I say. Charles bolts his arm into the driver's side and pulls out a 9mm, because that's a great idea. He knows I'm like his son and no bullet's going to even make me blink. I pocket the switchblade and grab his wrist so the gun falls to the pavement. Wrapping my hand around his skinny throat, I pull him back to the Toyota and kick him to the ground. Not as talkative as I remember Ken, I say. Not like I had a lot to say to him. You say you lost a lot, Charles says, but I don't have anything other than my life to lose. We'll get to that, I say. You're going to help me gas this truck up, and then we're getting out of Georgia. Every time I'm in this state, hell opens up and reaches for me, When I stayed away too long, the flames scorched the earth until I lost Veronica in Ken Price's Inferno. Now that I have Charles, I want to find out how it came to that. Why was he so selfish that he fought against God alongside Lucifer? Charles puts the spout into the truck and reaches for a little door in the concrete someone broke open. Probably him. Turning a spigot and flipping a switch, I hear the pump start forcing fuel into the tank. We look at one another for a moment in silence. Will I kill him? I never hurt someone for pleasure, so I may not be able to end him. Might just lock him up in my basement. He reaches down and turns off the pump, so I check the gauge to see if it's full. He doesn't run off, but rather sits inside with me. When I crank the engine, he doesn't buckle up, which I find a little reckless. Shouldn't he cling to his life if it's so precious? I'm headed to Pennsylvania, I say. Where you end up is dependent on what you tell me. wonder what the roads are like with all the cars abandoned, Charles says. You'll get to see all of that, I say. I need to know why I got pulled into this war, Charles. It didn't start with your son. Right, Charles looks out his window. I don't think I can take all the blame. I'm just the one who helped. I helped Walter Grohn build Central Network. Bore a son for Lucifer. Jesus, there's so much more. Start with how you met Lucifer, I say. Well, that's a long story too, Birch. But I sold my soul to the devil in 1986, and I thought I was gaining everything. Then I lost everything I gained. Would you lose first? My brother. Charles says his name was Al and he was Veronica's grandfather so now you know how her son got named Alan what happened with Al I ask he died then you know Allison ran off she was pregnant with Veronica Charles scratches his chin and exhales dramatically when I look at his eyes they're wet and red as if he's going to break down I guess losing his brother, son, and wife replays in a jumbled stew boiling in his brain. Even with your family dead, I say, you stayed loyal to Satan. That's how it is when you can not get into heaven, Charles says. Might as well burn everything. Tell me more about Al. How'd he die? It was all over Allison since she was pregnant with Murray Grone's kid. I know you met Murray and all, but back when he was a teenager, I'm sure he would have gotten any girl who gave him attention pregnant. We just didn't know what it would lead to. First Veronica and then Alan. New York's gone because of that boy. If Murray had only pulled out. But what about your brother, I ask. All right, Birch. If you want me to tell you the story, I have a condition. I could throw him out of the trunk, and use his skull as a speed bump. The Price bloodline is so audacious, they live under the principle that the worst thing a person can say is no. So why not ask for everything? God has nothing to do with making men anymore, because he wouldn't design a wretched bastard like Charles Price. If you kill me, Charles says, don't burn my body. Find a church with a big cross, bury me underneath. Fine, I say, but I want to know what happened to Al. He called me after work and said it was time for our ritual, Charles says. We went to a house party near Vine City. Paid this girl to come into the car and took her to the church. You took a prostitute to a church, I ask? Sure. That's when I noticed he wasn't all in like me. See... I'm a damned soul, but Al didn't know anything about Lucifer. I corrupted my brother, so it's my fault he's gone. You keep skipping details, Charles. I'll pour gasoline and light a match right now if you don't give me what I want. Please, Charles says. This isn't easy. And that's where the first chapter ends. And then you see Al. Al. Uh, that chapter is incredibly hard to handle, and I designed it that way, and it's all because I'm this freak who loves American Psycho and all things Brett Stanellis, Ellis, and I love horror movies. I did not write it to be an asshole, but if you think I'm an asshole, as a result, that's fine, I guess. I I hope that if you read this book, you'll go into it with an open mind and keep my influences uh, in the back of your head. It's hard to not see that influence, I think. Of course, if you're not into transgressive fiction, I highly suggest that you do not read this novel. I put violent, vulgar, and absurd in the product description to warn you against that. And if you're going to read the preview and complain about it, then you only have yourself to blame because it's literally in the product description. So uh, I don't think that anyone would put a gun to your head to make you go see a horror movie in the movie theater so you don't have to read my book. If you like that sort of thing, please read my book. Either way, I would love it if you read my book, if you just keep an open mind. I want to do another episode of this podcast. I want to do several podcasts. I think in the next podcast, I'll talk about something a little different, most likely uh, poetry or my short stories. But I do want to keep this conversation about Demise of the the Trinity going and read more from it. Therefore, if you want to hear more of me reading this book, keep listening to the podcast. And until then, happy reading. And goodbye.